code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis. And I'm Heather Artis. Thanks for joining us for Minute 20 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. It's one of those rare no-fluff intro days, so let's batten down the hatches and, well, I guess I should have said, let's set sail since I'm hoping we're not in for some difficult times ahead with this minute. So let's just say it again. Let's set sail and get going. In the previous minute, Norrington took to the high road, the path of let's make fun of a pirate by commenting on his pistol, compass, and sword, which was promptly followed up with the less than subtle, you are without a doubt the worst pirate I have ever heard of. But that smugness was short-lived as Jack turned the tables on the situation by taking Elizabeth hostage and demanding his belongings. Touché. Minute 20 begins with the ransom being paid for the safe return of Elizabeth as his pistol, compass, and other effects are returned to him thanks to Elizabeth's gentle hands. Wink, wink, nod, nod. (laughs) (laughs) Guess we're just enjoying that behind the scenes. The minute ends with everyone watching in awe as a hoist. Not watching in awe. Well, they are watching in awe for that, too, with Elizabeth's hands, but... The minute actually ends with everyone watching in awe as a hoist holding a cannon is released, which launches Jack into the sky and promptly begins to swing him around. So it's always good when you have a plan come together, Heather. (laughs) That it is. (laughs) So what do you have? (laughs) Not a plan that came together. (laughs) You have no plan over there? Not, Not a whole lot today. So these last two minutes, I realize Elizabeth is one moody young lady. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. She, I have a habit of digging myself a hole when these <laughs> things happen. And the first instinct was to say something, but I decided not to. <laughs> I bit my tongue. It's probably a good thing. Exactly. It, it wasn't going to be good. I don't want to cast aspersions on the entire half of this population with women. So we'll just go from there. It's good so she's arranged from emotions from happy to anger the only one she's actually missed is crying i don't know if am i supposed to comment on any of this stuff (laughs) why not (laughs) i'm just making sure it's safe territory to go into or not (laughs) (laughs) she's happy about the pirate then she's upset that they're gonna kill the pirate then she's happy again because oh, they're not they're listening to her. They're not going to kill her. No, that he's going to be killed again. So she's ha- unhappy again. And then she's chasing after the pirate and Norrington, trying to chase them down. In in this minute or the past couple the minutes? Past oh, couple, the past the couple past, minutes. Yeah, this minute and last minute. You know, she's and then she's she's. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean. Couple minutes. Yeah, this is just <laughs> her moods. And then it's shocked that Jack grabs her. Then she's angry and disgusted with him. Yeah, I had that too in my notes that she's really disgusted here. And that was the thing that I focused on most on that particular part. You know, and we talked about this in the past minute or so. And she is just really ticked off 
that this whole pirate thing is is turned out into this event, if you will. That yeah. she is now a hostage. And not only that, then he proceeds to try and take something that's less formal. And we, you know, I bet you if it was under different circumstances, she probably would have been okay with her or him calling her Elizabeth. Yeah. But she got real formal all of a sudden with that, as we talked about. And But basically, she's just really disgusted at the way that everything's turned out. And I don't know if she's really disgusted with him, although that's where the look is focused. Yeah. Or she's disgusted with the whole situation here. You know, he saved her life. Now they're trying to kill him. Uh-huh. So does, you know, does she really have... I, I just don't know why she'd really be disgusted at him. I mean, except the whole chain around the neck thing is a little, you know, maybe that's not nice. <laughs> Poor manners, maybe. He has pirate. Maybe he's a little stinky. Yeah, all is fair in love and war, though, right? <laughs> that could be what it is. She's just disgusted. She's, she's that close to him. She's like, where's the toothpaste? Get this guy some scope for crying out loud. That's really what it is. You nailed it. It wasn't anything else. She's like, hey, I know you're really a pirate and we're going to get you out of here. And I know you're not really going to harm me. But my God, I can't stand this anymore. I am really disgusted that I have to be this close to you. You really could have cleaned up a little bit before you even touched me. Look at your nails. Exactly. You know, I expect that la- that blonde lady from those old Orbitz commercials to come out and offer oh. him a piece of gum right at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> or is it Big Red? Squirt. Big Red freshness lasts right through with your fresh breath goes on and on while you chew it. Okay, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> and we're in the 1980s again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she could use, or he could use some Big Red probably. He probably could, you know. And then um, her last emotion that she goes through is when he pushes her into the crowd. She's scared, probably because she's afraid she's going to fall on her face. Well, that's a pretty crazy scene that's happening. I don't know. Is she scared? Yeah, she's scared that maybe she got released. But now there's also, you know, what we're seeing as a giant cannon falling to the the dock. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, you know, that she's scared of that or just the whole situation. I mean, that would probably be a little bit unnerving. Yeah, that's probably the most excitement she's had since she saw Will Turner as a young guy or boy rescued from the (laughs) the, the thing. It's the most range of emotions in the last two minutes ever. (laughs) Who can go through that many emotions in two minutes? As a man, I'm not allowed to comment on that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Just just for my own safety. Okay. But I was just actually, I know we started with Elizabeth there, but, you know, I was really, as I mentioned when we were doing that, kind of transition from the opening here is that we really see Jack's plan come to fruition here. And and it's kind of this culmination that's happened after the last couple of minutes. And so from capture to really escape for Jack, or at least we believe he's escaping, he's at least really high off the docks and now is able to at least somewhat get away, although he hasn't made it off there yet. I think it shows that he really isn't aloof or the worst pirate, according to Norrington. You know, again, it's this Bugs Bunny character that we're seeing here Uh or maybe it's if we should keep this in the disney family it's say brer rabbit figure that is you know really one step ahead of everyone else yeah he had this planned out you know he's not like a master chess player for sure he really did have this kind of idea of and we talked about that during the last thing Uh when he said finally you know now he's actually gone up so he turned he must have seen that he it's like he got a lay of the land and said okay this is my moves and these are this is what's going to happen, and I'm going to make sure I'm backing up to this because he's backing up on the dock with her, and then pushes her, hits the lever, releases the cannon, and he goes skyward. 
I was thinking the same thing. You don't see him looking around to kind of, you know, get glances of all this stuff, you know, to plan. <laughs> the guy just shoots into action and he knows exactly what he's doing I... or... He goes as the I know what happened actually as it goes or what happened. I, I know exactly what happened. While we were watching Commodore Norrington's ceremony and we and Elizabeth was about to take her plunge and all that stuff was going on, Jack wasn't actually just sitting on the interceptor with uh, Mulroy and Murtog. They were actually giving him the tour of the dock. <laughs> <laughs> so he convinced them. And we just don't see it. He convinced them. Hey, can you guys show me around here a little bit? <laughs> Well, we can't really do... Oh, come on. And so then they got into this Black Pearl argument again. They were distracted, and then they're taking him around the dock or following him, arguing about the Black Pearl, and he's kind of walking around seeing things just in case he had to get out of there pretty quick. That's a pretty good theory. I know. I'm the theory you man. Know, you know, I, maybe that's what happened, because the guy, either that or he's the quickest thinker ever, because he acted like he had a plan. I think he did have that plan, and he was ready to go, and that's exactly what happened. But I think the big take, actually, before I go on to that, you know, I was just thinking how that big red commercial came to my mind. I really wish my mind did not have such a porous nature to it that I would just <laughs> absorb all this stuff and could remember a commercial from the 80s. And I'm hoping that maybe I could just purge it. I wish it was almost like a computer where you could get rid of dusty old files, if you will, that you haven't used. And then I could really use that space for other things that would really come in handy, not a commercial from the 80s for gum. It's the jingle of the 80s, man. Yeah, the, jing- the jingles, jingles really stick with man. you. They just, so. they just chime them into your head and you can't ever forget them. Yeah, so I thought I'd just mention that. So before the whole Big Red incident, where I was really going to go is that Jack is playing things up while nuzzling Elizabeth here. It's like this sexual innuendos are running rampant from the looks to be careful with the goods comment and that kind of stuff. So it's these looks and then the comments... I think he's getting back to Norrington for belittling him and all those comments that he made. And, you know, where it's like it hurt Jack's pride and it hit, hit his heart. <laughs> so now he's he must have noticed that Norrington had a fancy for her, too. And, you know, really took a shot at Jack's pirate hood there. So now he's saying, I'm just going to nuzzle in and really irritate you guys. Because, A, Norrington's being a jerk and going to, you know, hang him keep the guns on him and all that stuff. Governor Swan clearly deserves it because he said hang him and then shoot him, So or shoot him then hang him. I think he's just getting back at her. Plus, we don't know how long he was on the Jolly Mon, so he could yeah. really be he could really be frustrated. <laughs> I was thinking, well, he's got this pretty young lady who smells like seawater in his arms, nice and close, which those days wasn't even proper etiquette. A woman this physically close to a man was actually considered scandalous. Wow. Yeah. So he's got her nice and close. She smells like fresh seawater. Could be his So smell. Norrington may not want her anymore, actually, then. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's why Norrington gets that look and he kind of turns kinda his rolls head. rolls his head. Like, yeah, he's like, well, I've lost. She's, she's damaged goods now. <laughs> Just because somebody else touched her. Man, the, the 18th century. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. He's sitting there smiling. He smiles at her, and then he's smiling over at her dad and giving this look like, oh, yeah, I'm enjoying this. And then you have Jack look over to Norrington, and he gets this grin like, oh, yeah, you see what I'm doing? Look at, she's giving me a hug. She's, like, touching me all over. That's because he's getting more action from Elizabeth Swan than Norrington has, (laughs) and Norrington's the one who's actually talked about marriage to her. 
he just shows up at the dock and all of a sudden she's all over him. Maybe not her choice, but you know. Exactly. She's putting his hat on, got her arm, both arms around him, putting that, I don't know what that thing's called, that strap thing that goes across his body. I don't know. Oh my goodness, seriously? And then he, his belt thing. His bandolier kind of thing, but it's not really one. Yeah. Right. And then his belt on. Yeah. He's getting touched all over by Elizabeth. And then, so he's giving Norrington all these looks like, oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> well, he's. He <laughs> Did steps, you get this? <laughs> he steps up his game here, too. And we talked last minute about Elizabeth saying, well, he basically says, are you ready, Elizabeth? Or it's Elizabeth. And she says, it's Miss Swan. So she's kind of setting that tone of how she's really feeling about what's happening here. He then takes that. So that formality kind of continues when he's saying his farewell, getting ready to make his grand exit there. He says, gentlemen, to Norrington and Governor Swan and then the rest of the soldiers. And then he says, milady, to Elizabeth. So I guess he listened to her to some point. And he didn't call her Elizabeth anyways, which a real pirate would have just called her Elizabeth again. But yeah. He actually said, you know what, okay, that maybe it's so ingrained, the formality back then, that you just automatically did it, and it was just part of the lingo, so you just commented, me lady. Maybe. Maybe that's it. We didn't mention it when we were talking about Elizabeth calling Jack despicable, but his response to that was actually, sticks and stones, love. And so I thought that was a really kind of clear and cool reference back to sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me phrase. Yeah. Obviously, I had to say... Was this phrase even around then? And so I had to check <laughs> it out. Yeah. So according to the all-knowing Wikipedia, not to say that that doesn't have error, so we'll see what happens. But the saying is reported to have appeared in the Christian record of March 1862. And that's a publication of the African Methodist Episcopal Church where it is presented as an old adage at the time. So oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know. It hadn't been printed necessarily before, but it was presented as an old adage. So who knows how long that dated back. And then the phrase also appeared in 1872 in publication where it was presented as advice in Tappy's Chicks and Other Links Between Nature and Human Nature by Mrs. George Couples. It also indicates that throughout the web there are different essays about why each of these statements is either true or false. <laughs> so, so again, it's weird, but the internet, there seems to be people debating on the validity of things on every topic. And this is no exception. But anyways, it looks like it was maybe printed for the first time in the late 1800s, but as maybe an old adage who knows how far back that went right and so i figured just this being that we're in the mid 1700s and it's not the late 1800s we'll just chalk things up to jack or captain jack i should say as the wordsmith who penned the phrase we'll just <laughs> give him the invention and the, the wordsmith who actually did this so we'll just say this is a, a captain jack phrase if you will yay for captain jack <laughs> yeah and and I don't know how I did this, but this takes me right into my, what I wanted to mention is the catchphrases. And I don't know if you noticed it, but we have this, you'll remember this as the day that you almost caught Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, yeah. And so I started thinking, wow, we've had maybe some potential candidates for catchphrases in this movie already in The Curse of the Black Pearl. And so I've come up, as I mentioned, just about Captain Jack Sparrow being caught is a pretty cool one that I think might, that you hear around when people talk or, you know, imitating Jack Sparrow, that that's one of the things that they mention. Yeah. And then the other one that we've seen so far is maybe, and I don't know if it's really a catchphrase, but it, it really is one of those phrases that, that sticks with you. It's, 
You've seen a ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned and captained by a man so evil that hell itself spat him back out. Actually, I don't know if it's a catchphrase. I just always love to put that in whenever I can because I really like that. (laughs) How many times can you bring that up through the movie? I'm going to try. And then the other one I had is A Pirate's Life for Me. So it's not really, or at least references to the song. I know that we've had, you know, with uh, young Elizabeth singing that. And then we've had our segments off that. But we don't know what's to come in future minutes. So we'll have to see how many times that's referenced throughout the movie. And so can you think of any other, at this point, that seem like maybe good catchphrase candidates? Not that, not off the top of my head, no. Because I had one more and I was trying to test you on that. It's. And the last one is by Norrington. You are without a doubt the worst pirate I've ever oh, heard of. that one was good. Yeah, so I that's like a good that one, one too. And so I don't know if they're going to come up to catchphrases as maybe is the one that uh, we have our Captain Jack Sparrow spouts off. But I think it's something that maybe we should keep track of these and listen for potential other catchphrases as we go along. I mean, just kind of maybe note them or maybe we'll compile them at some point and, and maybe even on our website or wherever. We'll, we'll kind of do that and see if they actually become catchphrases in the movie or not. But those are some of the ones that actually stand out or speak speak to me or maybe they are a meme so to speak so yeah. savvy savvy <laughs> i <laughs> that's not a spoiler hopefully <laughs> and then i was listening to terry rossio ted elliott jay wolpert and Stuart Beatty, and those are the writers of on the film or actually they're you know two of them are credited as the writers the other ones are credited as say story by but they were talking about the character names, and we talked about this recently too. And I thought this was the really the perfect time to bring up their comments about it, and in the connection back to the tattoo and the sparrow, because we do see Jack kick the lever that releases the suspended cannon and that launches him skyward. And so this is really where the writers were talking themselves in this scene about the names of the characters and. Besides, like I said, it had a nice ring for Jack Sparrow as a pirate name. It really was chosen as a symbol of freedom, his need to be free like a bird and fly. And that's what exactly we get during this particular minute when he does an escape and he flies right up for freedom. Right. And then again, we mentioned yesterday, too, that Elizabeth is more graceful like a swan. Although I don't really see her graceful in this particular scene. Maybe that's a bit (laughs) at a different point, but that's where they were trying to go with that. Uh, but doesn't, I don't think, quite fit with her in this scene uh, as she is a hostage in a hostage situation. I don't know if anybody's really graceful in a hostage situation. Maybe so. when she was at the ceremony. Exactly. Until she fell off the to her death. Yeah. To, I mean, the, now that I think about it, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, they said that they named her Swan, you know, graceful like a swan. But so far we've seen... You know, she's stolen a me- medallion from a kid. Uh-huh. She's fallen off a cliff. She's had herself taken hostage. She's had her clothes ripped off. Yeah, had her clothes ripped off. I'm not, I don't know if I'm seeing graceful yet, no. actually. <laughs> When's a graceful start? Maybe it's just <laughs> her looks. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it, it has to be that. Because, yeah, I'm not really seeing that gracefulness yet. No. So we'll have to keep our eye on that. But I think the writers are leading us astray for sure on that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure the graceful is really, truly there. That's exactly it. <laughs> so when Jack kind of pushes Elizabeth towards the towards Norrington and her dad, did you notice the whole group of soldiers actually kind of go in to catch her? Uh, no. Yeah, they kind of moved as a unit. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was also slow motion. I was watching this, so I really noticed it. But they kind of moved in all as a unit to catch her as she's 
being thrown towards them all. I think that's pretty instinctual if somebody's coming, you know, that yeah. you try to catch. So whether yeah, you're three, in, four deep. Yeah, three or four deep. <laughs> she could, She's really heavy. And so if she's coming <laughs> flinging at them, they all got to use that strength to make sure that they don't all fall off the dock. So oh. that's what it is. Okay. Since I don't think it's actually covered in any of the movies, so I don't think we're in any spoiler territory with our rules here, but I wonder if Jack actually recognizes Norrington's name. And we talked, or this expanded universe stuff, and I believe it was the young adult novels specifically that cover when Jack was in his teen years, but as we mentioned earlier this week, Jack was on Lawrence Norrington's ship and had been captured along with his father. So I wonder if that plays into this automatic disdain Norrington has for Jack. Or if that's how he knows the name Jack Sparrow. Because, mm. or, you know, maybe it's something that his father told him. Because he recognizes the Sparrow tattoo in the previous minute. Right. And so, unless, like we were talking about, did he recognize it? But now that I was thinking about it today, is maybe there was that connection for his father's ship. Or somehow that he, he knows that name. So that was just something that came to mind when I was thinking mm. about Jack. So I thought I'd just throw that in there. But really where I was going is... You know, just to talk about some of the effects that Jack has. In Jack's sword, it's a rusty, worn-out hanger is what it's called. And hangers are longer than the standard cutlass with a generally straight or slightly curved edge. And the guard is generally curved around the hilt. And hangers had light blades and were primarily used for self-defense and often had a shell guard to protect the hand. Then we have Jack's bandana. And this is more of a modern idea that pirates commonly wore bandanas or scarves on their heads and appears to have originated from illustrations in the 19th century. And this is all coming from the book Benerson Little uh, wrote in its Pirates the Golden Age or Piracy the Golden Age. And so I thought that was interesting that we see our pirate here, Jack Sparrow, with a scarf on his head. In all these eyewitness accounts of pirates, only Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed are described as wearing handkerchiefs on their head. And that may have been done so as to hide or disguise that they were women. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So it just wasn't a big thing. But we know that we talked about early on that this was a, or the pirate movie we wanted, not yeah. necessarily a documentary on right. specifics for pirates or, or what was actually happening. Right. So that's what I thought was interesting with that is, you know, I'd just like to point out some of the little nuances that, that they have. But in actuality, it still makes it fun to see that traditional pirate. Yeah. So speaking of Jack's um, weapons here, I yeah. wanted to talk about Jack's pistol. Well, let's get on with it, lady. <laughs> it's actually a 17th century 50 caliber English flintlock. And it is an original. Oh, really? Wow. It's not a remastered or a, re, um, a replica. So when you're Johnny Depp, you can command your prop yeah. to be real ones? <laughs> I want a real one, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you pay for. I want a real one. <laughs> yeah. That'd be so one I, you want to take home, too. Yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of interesting. And also the soldiers all ha all had um, replica muskets, and they're actually a brown bess musket. Oh, the brown bess. <laughs> it's a smoothbore flintlock musket. Um, they were standard issue to British Army in the 18th and 19th centuries. The reason they have all um, replicas, well, there were so many of them. The historical specimens are highly expensive and unsafe to fire due to age or conservation-related concerns. Yeah, I wouldn't think that you'd really want everybody on the set to have authentic weapons, especially if you're putting some powder in there just to have it kind of for the effect for smoke and all that yeah. kind of stuff that you don't want real ones right. in their hands. And and it serves a purpose for, you know, I expect that there's props, but it's pretty cool that they actually gave Johnny Depp yeah. a real one. 
Well, he only has one shot in it, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. That's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> it probably has been loaded since the 1700s, and it's just been sitting there. <laughs> it's probably not very safe. <laughs> <laughs> And really, one of the other things that I have, I don't know if you have anything more on No more weapons, on weapons, no. Is the hoist. And so when Jack Sparrow gets catapulted into the air, and we see the cannon. So the whole scene is, is that he hits the lever, the cannon drops, and he's holding on to the other end of the rope. And so he goes up. And, you know, we've seen this in a thousand movies or even yeah. in swashbuckler movies. But this cannon is released from the hoist and it falls to the dock. And as Jack is catapulted skyward... You know, and it took me a number of times to actually see it, but the cross beam on the hoist is actually broken, it looks like. Oh, really? Yeah. And it looks like they almost tried to hold it together with rope. Huh. But and it wasn't like it was supposed to be like that? I, I don't know. I did huh. a, I mean, I did like a five second internet five search. Seconds. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that tells you how much time I actually put into trying to find that. But so if it didn't come up on the first page of Google, then that's all I did. And so I didn't see anything. Yeah, this crossbeam looks broken and it actually seems like it's bending or coming out of place from the rope. And so it's clearly it doesn't look like it's going to hold. So I don't know if there's any way that it could have been holding a cannon. And it looks like it's separating from the rope area and pulling loose. So, you know, especially if cannon weighs 1,000, 2,000 pounds or so. I don't know. I haven't weighed my cannon lately, so... (laughs) I'm not too sure how much it weighs. Well, we should do that. We should <laughs> yeah. weigh the cannons. Yeah, so I don't know if it was for the effect of the of the movie to look like it's, you know, something that's been repaired or if it actually broke during their stunt scene. Yeah. And then they tried to fix it and, and did that. But then their poor stunt man is is going, We have to do another take and this thing is is broken or bending. Or maybe it was made to look that way and it was really secure and it had something to do with the way that you know, the whole stunt worked or something. I don't know. It was interesting just to see that. But like I said, I had made, I had noticed it, but I never really noticed it until I was actually doing a breakdown of the minute to say, hey, you know, that's really broken. Huh. How's that working? So Are you telling me that's really not Johnny up there? That's actually no. a stunt man? No. And actually, it's funny because uh, behind the scenes stuff when we're with Elizabeth Swan or Kira Knightley, and then there was also Jack Davenport who were there. And... Kira is talking about the scene because they said it's it really was a cool scene to watch this all this stunt work happen and yeah. the stunt man to go flying and so she's there pointing out that's Johnny that's the stunt man that's Johnny that's the stunt man <laughs> and it's like yeah so she was just having fun doing that but they said it was pretty cool and I think one of the things that she did talk about is how she goes oh that poor guy just hit his head when he fell into the water oh seriously because he he hits his head on the dock when the cannon falls through and breaks the dock oh, and they're guy. running forward he actually smacks his it looks like his head or his face yeah on it does the dude yeah and then he, it looks like he pulls the other guy in with him well, you know, you... <laughs> he grabs the other guy on the other side of the hole and pulls him down in with him. Well, they're stuntmen; they're professionals, so I'm sure they know how to do that to to not get hurt. Except maybe he face planted on the dock. Kira Knightley was even commenting on how she was looking in the wrong direction with Jack was swinging around. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, her eyes are completely in a different direction yeah, than the entire like... rest of the cast that's actually in that shot. It's pretty funny. Yep. I sure hope those two soldiers that fell in that hole are able to swim. <laughs> and when we're talking more Mulroy, they weren't able to swim. Exactly. They're also Royal Marines and apparently, you know, they didn't know how to swim. So the chances that these guys 
these guys actually probably drowned. <laughs> well, one guy hit his head. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the fact is, I don't know. I, we didn't see people going in after them. I mean, no. the, the chance that these two guys out of all of them. So we have two guys, the chances that when Elizabeth goes in the water that they can't swim. Now we have two guys and the chance that they actually could swim. I'm not buying it. No. Those guys died, unfortunately. <laughs> Those poor soldiers. Those they're poor gone. poor guys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're toast. I, I'm pretty much done on that. I mean, I guess we could end on a high note of the two Royal Marines died and Jack's now a wanted murderer. But I'm not sure how much of a high note that is, but okay. <laughs> Depends if you're a pirate or if you're, you know, British Royal Navy. <laughs> so we'll just go pirates for us. Well, if they're chalking the pirates catching up, you know, on the chalkboard, then I guess it's yeah. a good. I guess it's good for Norrington, right? That's exactly it. I have some notes on his handcuffs and and a little what? history, but I was planning to talk, you know, some more about that on Friday. So I'll just mention that we should take note in this minute that those cuffs really look as if they're just going to slide right off his hands. Oh yeah, it looks like his hands just can go. Whoop. Yeah, so they're loose and they're ready for an escape. But for our minute's sake and Jack's, he did need them to help make his escape. And then, you know, I do have some history on that. And actually, maybe it does fit historically, so it'll be interesting. So too bad we won't remember how loose they are in two minutes, though. (laughs) Not to say that there's any spoilers, but we'll go from there. And nothing like a good old tease for people to tune into the next couple of episodes, like the hot button topic of, handcuffs historical handcuffs <laughs> so everybody's gonna sit on the edge of their seats waiting for this oh, what is he gonna say about 17th century or 18th century handcuffs oh i know you're interested i'm teetering you're hooked you're hooked i know everybody's hooked so on that note we'll just go ahead and say we'll be back tomorrow with minute 21 of the curse of the black pearl on the pirates of the caribbean minute until then let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum for joining us on Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. If you like the show, then leave us a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, matey. You can contact us at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. We just might feature your questions and comments on future episodes. Visit us online at blackpearlminute.com. You can also find us on facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, twitter.com slash blackpearlmen, and on soundcloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean where we post additional content, have episode discussions, and share our favorite show clips. Now see you next time, scallywags.